0: Two men had a dispute in a little village. Terrible dispute, so much so that it had ruined their friendship and their relationship, and they couldn't resolve it. So they decided to take their dispute individually to the town sage. So the first one went to the town sage the following night, and he told him a story. And the town stage sage listened very carefully, and at the end, he said, "You are absolutely right." Well, the next night, the other man of the dispute came and told him his side of the story. And the sage listened very intently, and after he was finished with his side of the story, he said, you're absolutely right. And then the man left, and the wife of the sage came out and said, you told each man that they were absolutely right. And he turned to her and said, you're absolutely right. Okay, that was really bad, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it sets up what I want to speak about today in the seventh beatitude in that to the crowd, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called, what? Sons of God. They shall be called sons of God. If we... Are resolving conflict, we're going to be called children of God. That's one of the spiritual disciplines of living in the kingdom. We're living in the kingdom now, not some place in the future. And so we're getting right with God, others, and selves. And we looked at blessed are the merciful. And Jesus was talking about if you're not forgiving in your heart, there are some issues that you have to resolve. And then last week we talked about blessed are the pure in heart. And that is, are you able to look at your own heart and look in the mirror and allow God to come in and start making changes? And today is about being peacemaker. Now, Jesus isn't talking about the kind of peacemaker that's like we have during the Cold War. A Cold War... And I know some of you have had cold wars with neighbors, coworkers, bosses, people in your life that you've had to work. You agreed not to get on each other's nerves as, as little as possible, right? And, but there was still conflict because a cold war isn't really peace. It's not harmonious. It's not about living together and, or having a relationship that's built in righteousness. In God's peacemaking, settles the issues it brings the parties together in peace and harmony two people cannot be at peace until they recognize and resolve the wrong attitudes and actions that cause the conflict between them that's why attitude the seventh one is in first of all you have to be willing to forgive remember when we had Tammy and Diane up here just a moment ago I mean a few weeks ago she was willing to repent she wasn't willing to forgive, then she was willing to forgive, but this person wasn't willing to repent. Well, you cannot resolve conflict unless both parties come together. So as we listen to being a peacemaker, you're going to find yourself sometimes on this side, where you're the one that's caused the conflict, and sometimes you're going to find yourself on this side. You didn't cause the conflict, but boy, you're in the middle of it. Are you with me on that? You've been there. So there's two sides to this conflict when Jesus said, blessed are those that are peacemakers that can hurt somebody and then come back and help be part of the healing process. And you need to go back to... (laughs) (laughs) The price of peace is sometimes painful and difficult and costly because when you've been the one hurt and you have to deal with your pride when you're the one that hurt the other person and you have to go make amends it's just tough now what are some of the inappropriate behaviors and conflict that people use that maybe you have used maybe I have used maybe name-calling have you ever been called a name? Have you ever called someone else a name? Oh, that idiot. Right there, you're guilty. Oh, that moron. Oh, have you ever watched the show The Goldbergs? What is the dad constantly calling the children? Morons. Now, name calling, you know, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That's not true, is it? Bones heal. Bones heal. Bruises heal. But a name, being called a name goes into the heart. It goes into the very spirit. It goes into accepting that value even if it is a poor value. If I constantly told Tammy that she was a moron, how would that affect her? A lot. lot. That's absolutely right. That's why name calling is used in conflict, isn't it? I have been guilty of calling people names. How about this? Have you ever been guilty of mind reading? Yeah, you have the ability to read that other person's mind and you have decided that they've said something or thinking something nasty about you so you then have the right to get angry at them because they are thinking those thoughts. Yeah, none of us are mind readers but we assume that we can read minds and motives. We manipulate emotions. Sometimes... In a conflict, we try to induce guilt. Sometimes conflict is simply just rejecting or discrediting another person. Now, I know this sounds petty and it sounds weird. There's a guy in my neighborhood, and when he walks to the mailbox, I walk to the mailbox. I always say hi. He never acknowledges that I'm alive, he just gets his mail turns around and goes back to his his little house. I don't know what I've done to upset him. I don't think, I've never ever in done anything except for say hi at the mailbox. But that's a way, there's conflict there. I don't, maybe I had nothing to do with it. Maybe it's all about him and none about me. But the, the fact is, is there is not a good relationship there, is there? Or how about in conflict we use hearsay and rumor especially with our coworkers or we gossip or we indicate and serve up a story in such a way that it sounds so good and puts us in a favorable light and puts the other person in such a bad favorable light yes the price of peace making amends to a relationship that you helped to break is painful and difficult, but that does not give us the excuse not to make amends. We can't stand before Jesus and Jesus says, you know, you had an ongoing feud with your sister for 30 years. What do you have to say about that? Oh, my. Or you had an ongoing Feud with a neighbor or a coworker or a child or a brother, or you you just fill in the blank. God wants us to be peacemakers by making amends with those people that we've hurt. We're going to look at three different responses to conflict. I don't know if you have your bulletin, but it says Conflict, what will you do? And there are three headings there's an escape response there's a healing response and there's an attack response and all of these responses are recorded somewhere in the Old Testament or even New Testament but we're not going to be able to look at 15 different stories or narratives out of the Word of God but I'll mention them but let's look at first the escape response the very in the blank is a D and that's for denial that's an escape response We just don't like conflict, so we just avoid it, and it never gets resolved. How many of you are in that bucket? Oh, that's me. You know, we call that a white personality. White meaning it's a personality test. That means you just want peace all the time. You can be a a yellow personality, you can be a blue, and you can be a red. But it's a personality test. But whites always want peace. They're naturally peacemakers. But the way they actually make peace is by avoiding conflict. And How do we do that? We pretend that it doesn't exist. Deny that I hurt the other person. Oh, I didn't hurt her. She knew what I was talking about. There's no reason to drag up that old business. Oh, no. And then we also have been hurt and we don't want to bring it up. We're just going to let it fester. There's a difference between overlooking and forgiving. That's why step five is step five. You have to be able to forgive and then be able to look at your own heart and confess your own sin till you get to, well, now you can become a peacemaker. If you're able to forgive and you're able to ask for forgiveness, boy, you're on track to be a peacemaker. And a peacemaker doesn't, Sweep it under the rug. Now you can overlook, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but we refuse to do what should be done to resolve it properly. Now, avoiding conflict is pretty good for a while until it rears its ugly head up again. Have you ever been in a estranged relationship with somebody and you meet them at Walmart? you're going down the aisle and they turn the corner and they're going down the aisle and you make eye contact and you both don't know what to do so you both turn and go the other way that's denial not willing to say hi how are you you know I'm sorry I did this to you I threw a party for the whole church but did not invite you Waylon you know and Waylon sees me and he's upset by me and rightfully so or, or whatever How about this next one? Escape response number two is flight. You just run away. You intentionally walk away from the conflict. So you know it's there. You're no longer denying it, but now you're just going to walk away. You walk away from marriage. You walk away from a girlfriend. You walk away from a boyfriend. You walk away from a coworker. You walk away from a neighbor. You just say, we're going to end this relationship. I'm just walking away from you because I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore. Now, sometimes flight is the right answer if it's so unhealthy. Uh, when King Saul threw a spear at a son-in-law. That was a good time for David to run. Are you with me? So flight isn't always the wrong thing in conflict especially if it's a physical fight. Maybe you need to get out of there. Maybe you need to step back and not engage. But flight because you don't want to deal with the issues that you created or were a part of. Most conflicts are not 100% this person's fault, 0% this fault. Usually conflict is a little bit of both. Are you with me on that? Somebody say yeah. Escape number three. This is how we deal with it. First we deny it or we run away from it. And believe it or not, suicide is a result of conflict. You decide the ultimate way of getting out of the brokenness that you're in the broken relationship is by taking your own life that's horrible just this past week or so we've had several famous people commit suicide people that had money people that were famous people that had everything that 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 the world says is good and yet they took their own life because there was a brokenness inside there was a conflict inside even if that conflict was in themselves and it was only in themselves You ever think about that? You can have conflict within your own person and it involves nobody else, but you don't want to deal with the conflict. So you deny it, you drink it away, you party it away, you have other reasons for living, and the conflict becomes so great that the way to escape that painful conflict is to take your own life. and what is the bottom of all the escape responses of becoming a peacemaker is this and that is, it's called peace faking if you're in denial, if you're running away if it's so bad that you actually have conflict inside yourself that you were to take your own life this would be suicide and do you know that King Saul committed suicide? how many of you remember that? King Saul, the very first king of Israel, committed suicide. Yes, he was in battle. Yes, he had been wounded. He saw the enemy coming, and he told his armor bearer, armor bearer, run me through. I don't want those guys to get me. And the armor bearer said, I can't do that. I'm not going to kill the king. Saul had such a small view of God that he thought, the only way I can handle this problem, and he fell on his own sword. And then the the sword bearer, when he saw that his king committed suicide, Scripture says he then took his own life. Wow, it does happen. Did you know suicide is the second leading cause of death for teenagers? Did you know that? Teenagers are taking their lives because there's conflict in here. That they can't resolve bullying that's a kind of, oh that's a big conflict in, in our schools today it's a big deal with road rage. Are you with me? there's conflict all around us. Peace faking is not peacemaking. so let's look at the now this side. what is the attack response? Well, first of all, attack responses are used by people in winning they don't care about the relationship they just want to know i'm right you're wrong been guilty of that yeah i've been guilty of that my personality comes out i always want to be right i never want to be wrong i think that's part of my sinful nature that flesh that i always want to be right and i never want to admit that i'm wrong so uh, how do i win a, a conflict by attacking the other person attack to to control to take advantage of the situation to bear down pressure until I get Tammy to say I'm right I'm just kidding it's Father's Day so she's not gonna say anything maybe okay so what's the first attack litigation Notice it's the opposite of denial. Denial is we're going to pretend and sweep it under the rug that, that we have no conflict. We're just a happy family, and at Christmas time, we all come and we sit around the table and we glare at each other. Or over here, litigation is, this is private and, and very discreet. Litigation is in your face and in the public eye. You want your day in court. I'm going to prove that you're the one that did it. And, boy, litigation happens all the time. Lawsuits usually damage relationships. How do I know that? Watch Judge Judy. How many times do the people that are on Judge Judy, they're related to one another and they're suing one another and that litigation is going to tear their family apart. And they often fail to not only achieve justice, but they never heal. They never heal. Second response in attacking is assault. It's assault. You get so mad that your body engages or your mouth engages. And there are verbal assaults. There's intimidation. There's physical violence. There's this destroying of property. I don't know if this was the right response. We had moved. uh, We were in Ontario, California. We moved into a new neighborhood. And it was near around the 4th of July and um, somebody blew up our mailbox I don't know how they blew it up but they blew it up I mean it was blew up and I'm like oh boy we have to address this so I went next door and I knew there are three little there are three boys there teenage boys I didn't think they did it they seemed to be properly well behaved and uh I knocked on the door and the dad opened the door and he's like, "Uh, Mr. Wilson, what do you want? I said, somebody blew up my mailbox. Can I talk to your boys for a moment? He's like shocked and he says, okay. So he ushers his three boys to the front door and I said, I'm Mr. Wilson, I'm new in the neighborhood but somebody has blown up my mailbox. I said, I will not stand for this. I want you to get the word out to every boy in the track that Mr. Wilson is not someone to mess with. Thank you, Turn around and walked away. I don't know if I handled it right, but my mailbox was never touched again. They assaulted me, or at least did damage to my property I wasn't going to retaliate. That's what my flesh wanted to do, find out who did it. I was okay with just letting the word get out. Don't do this. This isn't right. And I will, I will find out who did it, and then we will resolve the conflict. But right now, let's just stop the assault. Sometimes we have to do that in those, these relationships. We're not going to be verbally abused, and we have to say, don't verbally abuse me anymore. Do not call me names. Do not belittle me. Do not devalue me. Do not make innuendos against me. We need to resolve the conflict, not just keep escalating it. Because look at the next ex, the, the next one, and that is murder. So the it, it, still, it's a loss of life. And over here, it's a loss of life. But it's when people get so upset. In a conflict, they take someone's life. In the extreme case. They kill the person in whom they are in conflict with. But let's take a little sidebar. Didn't Jesus also say that if you have anger in your heart towards your brother or sister, and you are fantasizing in your mind on how to hurt them, you are guilty of what? Murder. That's how serious God takes this process. That don't even let it come into your mind. Oh, I'd never murder somebody. Oh, but you wanted to. <laughs> you have wanted to. Sometimes it's the customer service clerk at Kohl's. You just want to do it, right? I don't know if you've ever had problems on a counter before. And you get so upset and, and you have these thoughts of, boy, if I, if I, why are cars, tires slashed? Why do people key cars? Have you ever had a car keyed? Isn't that the most infuriating thing in the world? That somebody is so angry with you that they assault you and even if they can't murder you, they're going to do damage to you somehow? Now, all of these attack responses can be summed up as this. peace breaking. This isn't about being a peacemaker. Now, we've done the bad, the passive bad, the aggressive bad, but now let's look at the good what God calls us, the healing responses. The very first healing response is, you can guess it, it's to overlook an offense. It's commended by God, and it's about finding mutually agreeable solutions. Again, you have to be willing to forgive. You have to be willing to confess. Step number seven means now you're ready to be a peacemaker. Because if you're not willing to forgive and you're not willing to confess, how in the world are you going to be an unbiased peacemaker? But if you're willing to own your part of the problem by asking for forgiveness and you can own your part of the problem by searching your heart and confessing your part of the problem, now you can be a peacemaker. And one of the things that we can do is we can overlook certain offenses That doesn't mean that it's swept under the rug, it means that you're okay with it and it doesn't bother you anymore. Now, Tammy and I, we're getting ready for Scott and Brittany to come live at our house. We have turned our house upside down for the last two weeks. We have consolidated, we have taken things to to King's Treasure, we have thrown things away, we have now two rooms for Scott and Brittany to be able to use. But during the process, I took all of Tammy's creative memory stuff and threw it into a pile. She didn't say anything to me. She had asked me to wait, but she was at work, and I was impatient. I threw it all together and moved it wherever it was supposed to. I mixed up 1984, 85, 86, 87, '86. I have made a mess of her creative memories, just a complete mess. No, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know. I wasn't doing it on purpose. I took this pile. Oh, I'll take that pile, and I'll take that pile, and I'll take half a pile here, and I'll take that other half pile here. Somehow I intermixed all of her scrapbooking. She didn't say a word to me. She was overlooking it. She was trying to just, you know, you didn't realize what it was doing. But then yesterday, and it brings us to, to the next response discussion discussion's the next response she said honey something's festering in me I've been trying to overlook it for the last 10 days but I gotta tell you and she said do you know what you did to my scrapbooking supplies and and all the pictures and all the albums and all the things I've been working on for the last 20 years you threw them all together in a pile and I have to sort through everything again I had no idea but afterwards, you know what we were able to do? Kiss and make up. Because she was past overlooking something and it was festering inside to the point of needing to discuss it. Sometimes we have to discuss conflict, especially between a husband and wife. Do I hear an amen and a hallelujah? You have to be able to discuss conflict so that you can resolve the conflict. If a personal offense is too serious to overlook, it should be resolved through confession or loving confrontation. Response number three is negotiation. Issues especially related to money or property or other rights should be revealed through maybe a bargaining process. Especially if it's outside of your family. You, you have a conflict at work you have a con- and you have to negotiate. You have to discuss it because you can't negotiate it without discussing it. So you go from overlooking to discussing to negotiating. Okay, I'm sorry, I damaged your vehicle when I borrowed it. Let's do this and I'll, I'll make it right. And, and you guys sit at a, at a table and you talk about it. Tammy wants this per- piece of furniture moved here. I want this piece of furniture moved here. We have to not discuss it. We have to negotiate it. Right now we're in negotiation between an armoire and, and a desk. We're, we're going to go home today and talk about how we're going to do this. We're in negotiation. Number four is mediation. If two Christians cannot reach an agreement in private, one or more others can be brought in to help, to help them communicate more effectively and explore possible solutions. Sometimes we call this just counseling. It just means that it's moved from just between two parties and now we're to a point where we're getting some mediation or we're getting a third party to come in to help us see what the problem is. I have done so much marriage counseling in my time as a pastor and it is amazing how when you bring in that other party, they are able to see things that either two of them can't And when it gets a a chance to be discussed, suddenly they come to an agreement. It's a great process. But sometimes we're taught in our very self, uh, what's the right word, individualistic society that there's no way I'm going to go to counseling. Guys are notorious for saying that. we got a problem in our marriage. There's conflict in my marriage. No way am I going to go seek counselor. I don't want nobody to know my stuff. And yet... If you're going to become a peacemaker, you're going to be willing to say, "Yeah, I'll sit down with somebody that loves me, cares for me and has some wisdom, and maybe we can see a different solution to it." And that's called mediation. The last resp- I mean not the, the next response is arbitration, having someone listen to both sides and then come to abiding agreement. Now, I hope you don't have to come to that point in, in, a, in your relationship, but sometimes things get so sticky that they have to. And then the last one is church discipline. If a Christian refuses to be reconciled and to do what is right, his or her church leaders should be asked to formally intervene to promote repentance, justice, and forgiveness. Uh, That's that's pretty tough. I've been involved in some of those things. Uh, And... You have to work those, those first processes to get to this point where we have to call out somebody. That's very public. So what is the healing process come down to then? It is about peacemaking. It's about peacemaking. Suicide, murder, fight or flight, denial or being in public, escape responses focus on me Attack responses focus on you, but healing processes focus on us, on us. We haven't been in much of God's Word today except for just trying to explore this concept that blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. But if you have your Bibles, turn to Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 5. beginning at verse 18 he's talking about us being new creations and anyone who is in Christ is now a new creation, the old has passed away behold the, the new has come and then he says this, oh, so what he's talking about is the peacemaking that's happened between us and God and then he says verse 18 all this, this peacemaking is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself Let me sum it up a different way. If you're not a peacemaker, how are you going to bring people to God who is the ultimate peacemaker? And so I, I know this is a funny little thing, and this this is actually from Ken Sandy's this profile is from Ken Sandy's book called The Peacemaker that I've read many, many times and have recommended to many people that have been in conflict, especially marital conflict. Or conflict with a brother or a sister or a child or a cross. But you could take this and understand what's going on in your heart and what the next step is. God overlooked our sin. Then he discussed it. He negotiated a and mediated a a peacemaking through the cross. And man, we now have peace and we have become new creations and if you're Christian you need to have that attribute of being a peacemaker not a peace faker not a peace breaker but a peacemaker and it's painful sometimes we have all been hurt we have all hurt others And to dredge up that emotional baggage and sort through it sometimes is the only way forward. You have to be able to, when we had Diane and and Tammy up here, you have to be able to do at least your part. It may mean that peace never comes between whoever, but as far as you're concerned, you have done everything God has asked you To become a peacemaker. You can't help if people run away from you. You can't help that. But you can do the right thing. Recently, I helped someone write a letter to try to make amends. And I hope that that bears fruit. But that person can now live in peace knowing that they tried their best to make amends... You may have to write a letter and say, I make amends for what I did to you 25 years ago. And you don't know what God can do. He can do miracles. Or that person might be hard-hearted that they never respond. But you will become more like God, more like Jesus. You will be called the Son of God because blessed are the peacemakers let me pray father